Hello, my name is Nia Marie, and you are listening to The Inky Comet. COVID-19, coupled with the continued state-sponsored violence on Black bodies and the limited amount of mass distractions, has been the perfect storm of sorts. It revealed how intentionally broken so many of these systems and institutions have been, providing the mirror to see the truth of it all, the truth of who we are. When tasked with working together to accomplish a goal in the name of public safety and health, we failed. To date, 128,000 lives lost, needlessly, in the name of failed leadership and selfish behavior. However, we have power, we have agency, and as the illusion of who we thought our country was continues to crumble, let's reflect on who we are and who we want to be, and create an America that works for all living beings now and for generations to come. In this episode, Antoinette and I reflect on how our current understanding of American values has impacted our response to the pandemic. Please enjoy How Our Values Define Us. to have you back on the show it was strange not having you on the last episode because I feel like you've been like you know you're becoming a pillar you're like you're on every episode <laughs> no nah, I have to take a quick breather but I'm just glad to be back in conversation with you with what we're going to talk about today yeah no definitely and definitely the breather on creating girl because that the gr- I know you have your your um you, you're on your grind do you have mm-hmm. any exciting projects you want to share about or yeah, work. literally within that time frames, a lot has been happening in every aspect of like what I've been working on since the pandemic began, it seems. Um, I am working on a few cool campaigns that are going to be coming out soon with my agency um, that are timely. So definitely look out for that. Um, and then in terms of my journalism. Or too creative, right? Yeah. Let for the people creative. know where to find you. Please follow us on the gram. <laughs> and on Twitter and stuff. Um, so yeah, and then writing-wise, like I've had a few things come out. I recently worked with um, the Instagram platform Black Owned Brooklyn, Ooh. and they were given a grant by the Weeksville Heritage Center and like another organization where they could fund more contributors to you know contribute to their platform. And so I reached out to them because they did a call out. And they hit me back and, and assigned me to write about the the 31st tribute to the ancestors of the Middle Passage. And oh, wow. it's, it's, it's usually uh, a decades-long occasion that a small group of Brooklynites would organize. And th- because of social distance restrictions, this was the first year that they couldn't gather at, at Coney Island. So we we kind of just took this moment to honor the work that they've been doing over the years and just to let people know how they could still participate, even though we weren't collectively together, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's definitely another piece I was definitely proud of. And it's also timely because of how much loss that we've been experiencing over the past few months, especially. And yeah. we really haven't, as a community, had an opportunity to properly mourn and remember so outside of just remembering our, our ancestors that went through those like 
tri trivializing and horrible conditions, they also take a moment to honor the ancestors that have recently crossed over. So it was just like an opportunity to have that moment, whether it's like intimately or, or otherwise. So yeah. I cranked that out. It's on their Instagram page. Girl. If you want to read it, <laughs> <laughs> just like casual, just casual. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds yeah. like very, you know, um, timely work. Especially just thinking as you're talking about, like recently those that we've lost. I mean, us as African Americans from COVID, we've lost so much, um, yeah. and it just makes me think about, you know, us as Black people. And as you were thinking, you were talking too about, you know, having the formal time to mourn. I feel like that is so a part of who we are as a people. I don't know if you saw recently this past year, but a lot was a lot of my social media at least was um, highlighting the fact that Memorial Day was created by their former Black um, soldiers in the, uh, I believe it was one of the wars, I, the Civil War, yeah. and how they took the time to remember those who sacrificed um, and honored them, I feel like is very much like who we are as a people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's just like, how can we, I don't know, I'm just thinking it out loud right now. Uh, is that something that we want to do for this moment in time? Is that something that we should, you know, embrace? And I don't know, again, we can talk more about this on this episode, but I think that's part of our values and who we are that we could, that perhaps we have gotten out of touch with as, as we've tried to assimilate into this larger society. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do we embrace and tap into that? No, I feel you. I think from what I've noticed in terms of conversations people are having, um, they there's a longing for that for sure. Because yeah. just as a people, we we commune for any anything like whether it's celebratory, whether it's to just be present if bad things are happening. And now that like we're we've been unable to do that in the way that we know it's just something worth revisiting like you were saying yeah for sure that's a good segue i think to the topic of this episode um because you know as this this past week has not the past week but the past couple of weeks it just like it's something crazy is happening every day it feels like in the news in terms of um uh i think in light of the recent protests and just like who's our current federal like who's in charge of like our current white house administration mm -hmm. i think there's just been a lot that has made me question our collective values and who we think we are or who we think we have been as Amer american society mm -hmm. um and i think oftentimes though and it, but it also has made me feel and realize that even though we may have shitty values now <laughs> that like we may not have be able to act um in community with one another and i will surely go and give clear examples as to you know the work that we need to do i am hopeful that we all have a small part to play that could change the course of our country right now and mm -hmm. i think right now a lot of the dialogue with the uprisings across the country has been about just that fact and it's like okay we are airing out we are sharing our anger we are sharing our frustration and also i hope that this conversation can be a way for us to channel that anger channel you know hey we identified a root of a problem we've identified one of the causes of the problem and this is the collective action that we can do right because i think it's like the little things that each of us can that can can do in our day-to-day -day life that will change the society for the better for sure um, Mm -hmm. As you grew up in a Nigerian household, I'm curious, were there things that were like Nigerian and things that were American that your family was like, we don't do that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like, mm -hmm. that's not what our people are. So 
so I was doing some reading and I think this is probably in line with like the myth of who we are as people, but this idea that we believe in our individual freedom and self-reliance, that we have a country of equal opportunity and competition, and this idea that of the American dream that you work hard enough, you can get it. Um, is that something you grew up thinking about of America or your, was that your perception of this, this country? Uh, yeah, it was an overarching understanding because of the, what would be considered your typical immigrant story. Yeah. And, and regardless of how people found their way to the States, that was what was being drilled into you as you work towards your citizenship. Mm. It's like assimilation over everything. It's yeah. like, there's like a false sense of unity and diversity when in reality, that's not the case in America. Um, yeah. And what I, I thought was kind of ironic was how I saw my parents and people in the community doing those things, working their ass off, building businesses, taking care of their families while also taking care of their extended families back home with remittances and things like that. There were still real obstacles and challenges that they faced. And growing up, they might not have talked to us about it, but as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized those bumps that they had along the way. And it just makes me think like, if those are overarching values, why, why does that manifest in different ways for different people? And that kind of just calls the question, the validity of it as a whole, because it's almost like we're getting gaslit. Like if you just worked hard, if you just went to school, Girl. if you just, but we're doing that. If you just didn't resist arrest, yeah, you, just, you know, let the officer arrest you. If you just don't, you know, walk in your neighborhood, if you don't sleep in bed, I'm sorry, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, if you just is like, is the quintessential America gaslighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you just like, if you just work hard enough, if Always you just work, work yourself up by your, by your bullshit, exactly, and hypotheticals, this idea that you're not enough. And I think you know you hit it right on the head. It is an illusion. That's not what actually happens here. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just like when I think about you know, I was reading about how our country, we our myth, our origin myth is so strong, and like we mm-hmm. have these founding fathers who were so courageous and brave that they conquered America. They were in search of a land where they could be free because they were tired of being under, you know, the aristocracy of, you know, Europe. So they came here to create a land where everyone was equal. And it's like complete bullshit. They came yeah. to a land where they themselves could be the kings, right? Yeah. They came, they came, they came to a land and they stole it and they massacred the people who were already existing. Exactly. Created rules and a society that advantaged them over everyone else. And while they did it, they created a myth to to act as if, hey, we're all equal in this. Everyone has a fair chance, but in reality, we don't have a fair chance. And depending Mm -hmm. on how you look, your experience with these values, quote unquote, is very different. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And and I and I feel like that myth and our and our admiration, so to speak, and like this idea that we can't critique the founding fathers allows for that history to be content, like to continue without any challenge. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we really Mm -hmm. take a step back and we're like, hey. These men were slave owners. These men were a part of, um, you know, infantry that massacred, massacred Native Americans. You know, these men did a lot of atrocious things and their 
their perspective of the world was not one that was inclusive of more than like, you know, of most people in the country today. And that is a fair and factual statement. And our inability to see the world and see history for what it is, I think also impacts, or that also like adds to our overall delusion, the delusionment as a society. Definitely. I agree with you 100% there. Like, and what I find interesting in this moment that we're in is people are beginning to wake up to that and really question and put these systems and entities that uphold this false sense of, of like a foundation, like really shaking the foundation in a sense. Like we're seeing it physically manifest when people, people have been toppling over statues Mm-hmm. Of, of people who really we really don't really need to see because it's like they reflect that type of destruction and that type of erasure in a lot of our, our in a lot of our respective communities yeah so I don't know I kind of feel like we're getting there in terms of just rethinking what these values look like finally we are getting to that point and I think we but we and I'm happy we're getting to that point and I think for our, our collective understanding and our and to ensure that this doesn't happen again, we should pause and reflect on what got us here. And what got us here has been like the miseducation of not just the the Negro, you know what I mean? It's literally been the miseducation of who we are as a society. Our education Mm -hmm. system, this right now is a failure of our education system and who decides what is in our curriculum. Because Mm -hmm. if you taught history, who writes our our history books? If you taught history, for what it actually was, if you taught, if you told people what actually happened, then, you know, this, you, you wouldn't be able to, you know, um, I don't know, entice them in this false slumber. And yeah. it's not that values themselves are bad, because I think this is also a good moment that for us to reevaluate who we are as a society, because, you know, you read anything about values and every organization, every successful organization, corporation, to small nonprofits, they need to have a shared understanding of what the mission of the organization is and what those values are in terms of like, what will get them there. And, you know, right now, our mission, so to speak, our mission statement as a country has been like, everyone will be able to have like crazy material wealth. And that's about it. You know what I mean? There's like nothing in terms of like who we are, like what we value beyond like a material wealth. Everyone will be able to be as crazy as they want to be, be who you are and make a lot of money doing it. Mm. And like, is that the vision of who we want to be as a country still? And I think for a really long time in in an individual way, it was like, you know, it was appealing for those people at the time, you know, perhaps and just in terms of like, um, you know, you don't have to do what the king has wants you to do. You don't have, you can be free to whatever religion you are. And I think the novelty of, the, the novelty, novelty of it uh, during that time was strong. Mm. But, you know, the world has changed there with the invention of the internet. It's like, how do we set our sight higher of who we want to be as a people? And yeah. that, you know, like, can we think bigger than this moment in terms of, you know, into generations to come when they think about who we are as a society during this time, what will they say about us? Will they say that we're like superficial, shallow, lazy people who, you know, were short-sighted and didn't think about the existence of the world beyond the next 30 years right? of our environment? And it's like, let's not, let's let, let's not that, let that be our legacy. 
like what what do what would what is the world that we want to see let's talk about it because if we don't have explicit conversations about it then we can't then people are you know going to continue we're not interrupting anyone's thoughts and we continue on this pathway of like what seems sure destruction because i don't know what the hell trump is doing right now it's, it just seems like sure destruction <laughs> he's just trying to kill everybody with covid that's I just, a great I way know. to sum it up because <laughs> just thinking about him and his uselessness makes my head hurt Girl. so <laughs> <laughs> no it's not useless it is like actively destructive and that's yeah. like that's the other part that like, the uselessness like, is destructive yeah it is destructive but it's beyond just like i'm not gonna help it's i'm gonna do things that actually are counterproductive it's like yeah. the kids, like hey everybody let's put the balls away and you have the kid taking them out and punting them across the field that's fucking trump it's beyond it's like actively mm-hmm. Before the first like couple of months, we I think everyone was just trying to like was touching with handling with hit, handling him with kid gloves and trying to see like okay let's wait let's see how this goes you know like is he going to do something and he's proven to everyone that he is not going to do anything right yeah. like him going back and forth on the social distancing measures him saying that people don't need to he's he's pressuring states to open up. The, and then you have these states who are following his lead and, you know, and are just appealing to our values as a society of what do our individual people want and need. And mm. individual people want and need, they want to go to restaurants. But, and so they, we're going to give them restaurants. And now here you have it. You have Texas, you have Arizona, you have California, all with rising cases of COVID-19. Yeah, and I, that's Florida a direct too. reflection. And Florida, Florida. Florida's been having record highs days on end now. And it's really disturbing. It's so disturbing, especially mm-hmm. when you're in New York, as we have been, when you were at the peak and we got to see firsthand how crazy it all was, yeah. how scary it all was to think that like, if there's any other medical emergencies that are happening right now, there is no resources to support that. So you not only have people dying from COVID, but you have rel- other people that like under other circumstances would live past, you know, a medical emergency who are also now dying. Mm-hmm. And, and because of, of where we're at now with the pandemic in New York, we're seeing people develop like what's going to be long-term conditions yes. that they never had before. And we haven't even talked about that yet. Like you're COVID free and you got treated great, but you're now realizing other things that you're going to have to maintain that you never had to before. And that's also scary because no one signed up for that. No no one signed up for this period, but I can't even imagine realizing that your life is literally not going to be the same anymore because of something that could have been prevented by our government right by our government and our collective action yeah right so it goes hand in hand because it's like also like for us as people if we weren't so focused on the individual and like my right to freedom and what i want to do and i don't want to wear a mask and we also realize like this is like a community health risk you know what i mean this is like Mm -hmm. everybody and it's also trump and it's trump appealing to that selfishness that we you know that is a part of our collective values and saying yeah. like hey you don't want to wear a mask i'm not going to wear a mask i'm going to go to these facilities where medical equipment is created to to literally treat covid patients and as someone has been who has been exposed multiple times at this point hmm. i'm not going to wear a mask as the the highest leader in the country yeah, it's like, what does that reveal about who you are as a person that you don't want to be uncomfortable for 30 or so minutes? And this is like not only a question for Trump, but I think individual people as well. Yeah. 
Like it's not about you so for once, you know? It's not about you. It's not about you. And I'm using COVID right now as an example because I think it's like immediate of like, I think it's it's a great example of how our values have failed us as a society, you know, like because I think it's like not only do you have values, but you have like values that are quality values that are aligned with the mission that benefits the larger group, you know, the larger society. And we don't. Our values is that individually you can be an asshole, you can work as hard as you can, and you can make money. How does that translate into a better life for who we are as a people? And yeah. why are we so content with living for living in such a selfish state? I know you were talking earlier about the what were you speaking earlier about like the um, the histories of our ancestors uh, values or um, yeah. how they organize their society? Yeah, it's just something to consider because of how we're not too far removed of what life used to be before a lot of our brethren and sisters were stolen from us, a lot of us died, and then at the same time, like, colonialism was happening on the continent, too. These colonial powers and, you know, conquistadors, in a sense, they came through and would look at how we were living and how our society was structured structured, and say that they were wrong, when in reality, it was far from you know there are elements of that that still hold true to today which is great especially in um certain communities that have been modernized but i just think as people are starting to unlearn and do reading and do their research to also consider how how different societies on the continent thrived for centuries before this turn in and society came through through colonialism and things like that because I think there are aspects of that that we could apply as we rethink and reimagine what our collective values are especially seeing as though like we're you know how America and for example it is set up in terms of demographic is reflective of us now like we're as much as we we try to as much as like, you know, white people and this white supremacy and things like that want to belittle our power and our presence in the country, it's our presence in and of itself is growing. So I kind of feel like it's an opportunity for us to say like, hey, these, you know, original values are cool, but what if we add in WXYZ? Because this is how I I understand community to be, you know? Yeah. And there's no harm in, in kind of like fusing everything together. Like that's what this is all this is all about to me. Exactly. I mean, that's has been, if you want to be honest, the legacy of what America actually is, been a fusing of things together. And yeah. you're told that white people came up with these ideas, but they didn't. Even our understanding <laughs> of democracy yeah. now was taken from the Iroquois tribe. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I'm probably, you know, pronouncing that wrong, but I R I R O Q U O I S, if you want to look it up. That mm-hmm. were like provided the structure of our of wh- how we think about our nation today, and then you think about our music, you think about all these other things. These are not things that white people had a strong hand in influence and creating. But the myth, the origin story, is that the founding fathers saw the land and they decided this is who how we should be governed under these guiding principles. Right. So it's also just like, again, I just can't get back to the like if you have if what we are if our values are um based on a lie then of course we are not set up to if the foundation is fucked up then of course then the the, eventually the house the roof of the house is also eventually going to crumble if the foundation is crumbling yeah and like i think that's also for us to think through like 
one, how were these values, how was our society even pieced together before? It was a piecing of cultures. It wasn't determined by white men. And that fact in and of itself allows for us to say, hey, how can we adjust this now with a more, with more equity in mind, right? Yes, for like the exactly. different groups. Yeah. Because that doesn't work for everybody. And we've done this for centuries in this part of the world and it worked for us. <laughs> yeah. Just like going back to the whole individualism thing and the way I was raised and how I understand community. In my culture, if you're that type of person, you're seen as an outcast. Yeah. Like individuality is cool, sure. But like if you're not really down for the community and contributing back to the community, something's wrong with you. <laughs> right. And that's like, and there's limits to that, right? Like, I think that like, and we can also adjust that too. And like with a more modern lens in terms of like people being able to uh, embody all of their different identities. It's not yeah. to say that like everyone needs to be this one way. This yeah, one identity wise, sure. But in terms of your contribution. Yes, yes. You feel that's me? The key. Like, yeah, no, and I'm just pulling that out. Yeah. Yes. How do you contribute and how is the way in which, how is your footprint? right mm -hmm. it's like how your contribution and as much as how much are you taking because yeah. i think that's also something that we don't recognize and is that like globally on our earth there are a finite amount of resources and all of the things and each of us are both like taking and giving back to even the earth and as a society as a country we take so much more than so many other countries than yeah. so many other places and people so i think it's also just like if you only think about the individual, you never think about how much you're consuming. You're not thinking about how much oil you're consuming, how much water you're using, how much electricity. But all of this is, all of this is like, we're on a, we, we have a finite amount of resources. I, I, so I just, I think that this values piece, not, it doesn't, not only do our values like reveal our, our, how terrible we are in terms of like race and gender, but I think even how we even like respect and look at the world itself. Right. Like the physical, the physical world. Right. Like America isn't, isn't, <laughs> America isn't that model country that it, that we were raised to think it was. Comparatively yes. speaking, it's, we have a lot of work to do, if I'm going to put it nicely. And yes. like a, a lot of what, what we, in terms of like our foreign policies, what we kind of like meddle in, we perpetuate too. Like why is Puerto Rico still a colony? Right? Hello here. <laughs> For example, you know, it's like it's it's, it's, it's just a lot of Let's talk yeah, about Guam. It's, exactly. Guam. <laughs> exactly. It's like hypocrisy all around. So I just feel like now is a time to really put a mirror up to the BS and be like, we need to address this once and for all. Yes. Enough is and this enough. is not enough is enough. And this is an event session. And I think a lot of times another gaslighting that Americans do is you can't bring attention to a problem because it's like well you're just venting you're not doing anything about it and i'm like hello here the first step is awareness exactly. to any problem in the like if for everybody that's saying that this is a waste of time or that all people do is talk y'all need to stop being so bitter and stop mm -hmm. being so afraid to confront your own demons because unless you process shit unless you bring it to your attention unless you understand what is happening you can't come up with solutions exactly. and that's also been the problem people want to like control the conversation and not give people time space and time to learn and process like, we need to learn isn't necessarily the worst thing <laughs> it's not the worst thing especially yeah. because all especially in instances like this okay the issue is we as a society don't have our way too individual individualistic and selfish and i think COVID 19 has shown that we are the leading 
number of people in um, infections and we have like the highest death rate. And that is like mm-hmm. not only due to our federal government's response or lack thereof, but it's also because of our individual action in mm-hmm. terms of whether or not we're going to wear a mask, whether or not we're going to social distance. And mm-hmm. that's up to us. That's how we in this moment can change and be better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also corrected to, connected to um, in terms of like who we are voting in office. How does that person embody values that are that of the community and not for helping certain people with their political gain? Mm-hmm. We literally have a president that's firing prosecutors who are investigating investigating his crimes. Yeah. We are living in a scary time. It's an and authoritarian state. Ain't no it's an authoritarian state. Yeah. As quiet as it's kept. Mm. We have we literally are living with people. We have allowed people to hide in government. Let's talk about how cowardly and how uh, com- morally bankrupt these people are. We yeah. have a whole person who during an impeachment trial said he would not testify, even though as a long-term government official, he had information that proved that not only did he ask for help from Ukraine, but China as well, in addition to a whole other bunch of illegal shit. Did this man testify? No, because he rather make sure that he has some material gain from this because he knew people were going to call him a traitor. So he waited to publish a book that he can make money off of. Like, can we talk about how this is directly connected to who we think we are and Mm -hmm. our position in society? Yeah. Girl, this shit is terrible. There's levels. There is levels levels. to the value game, right? Mm -hmm. And it is time for us to really like as painful as it is, because this is painful, not only like this is this is painful being, you know, learning about all of these things makes us all uncomfortable and angry. But we have to process it. This is what this is. This is our work as a people, you know, and we need to decide enough is enough. I'm not doing that shit. I'm not voting for you. I'm not supporting people in office. I'm not supporting. I mean, we didn't even talk about public figures. But I'm not going to support public figures who don't align with my values. And this is why our response to people like R. Kelly is so important, right? Because if we don't respond to people like R. Kelly who are raping young Black black women for years and years and years, then that gives a message to our larger society that that's okay. Yeah. And for a while, like, the fact that it was buried for so long made it okay. Right? It justified people still consuming his stuff, even though his work was laced in that type of like disgusting behavior. And him like being able to continue it for so long was because he had a whole operation set up. Like he wasn't the only person involved. So cool, he's being, you know, eventually going to be taken to task about everything in the court of law. But what about everyone else that was involved in that? Are we, oh. we going to hold them accountable as well? Can we talk about the Chicago, the uh, the part the Chicago Police Department yeah. played? Yeah. Like not o- like we are not only just talking about police brutality. We're talking about aid and abetting in child pornography, mm-hmm. and also if you want to take it even a step further, even just thinking about how police departments around the country respond to rape cases. Yeah. yeah. Like you have rape kits, thousands of rape kits that go untested, and what is the value that that means? Like what is the value? that, you know, or how we are socialized, what we are socialized to believe is that raping and violence against women doesn't matter. And that we don't need to believe women and we don't need to hold men, men accountable for raping and abusing them. Mm-hmm. And like, I know sometimes I feel like 
people just get caught up in being like cancel culture is terrible, all these other things. I don't think cancel culture is bad. I think this is our generation's attempt to reestablish who we are as a people and what we care about. I think it is the people who have been marginalized and abused saying enough is enough. We're not going to take this shit anymore and fighting against this illusion that has been, that has been told to us. And it it ultimately shows that like, it's okay to question things. It's okay to take a second look at things. It's okay to reevaluate intention, you know, like, yeah, it's, a, it's like anytime someone brings something up that's a little bit problematic and be like, hey, can you speak to this? And it's like, why are you even asking them? You know? <laughs> why are you even going there? It's just like, well, I mean, it's real. It's out there. So, I mean, yeah. speak to it. Exactly. Like, this is like, in real life, this could be, you know, a group of you and your homeboys. I'm a man in this, in this scenario. And he's talking about how he date raped a girl. That's mm-hmm. in that moment. Can you, can you elaborate, please? Yeah. <laughs> so you raped her without her consent? And we've seen with a lot of folks that were quote unquote canceled that that they haven't. And I think the fact that like they quote unquote haven't been says a lot about our society and our shared values. Like we've been talking about this episode, like it's a lot of rethinking that we, a lot of rewiring that we have to do. Um, A lot of rethinking and like just acknowledging the fact that it's okay to dream and and evaluate something that's a lot bigger than what we know but that, that's yeah. always how I try to try to approach things it's like I may understand it in this way but um, you know how can I kind of push push it a step further so yeah. for folks that come after us you know they have something a lot better than what we've been dealing with and, and what we've perpetuated for so long yeah and I think one of those things for us and like one more time, our values as they currently stand are pretty superficial and they're just like so very much like written for the individual and what individuals can achieve. Yeah. But that there's no, there's no soul to it. I think even to holding our artists accountable, I feel like that's something that we need to explore, right? Like where's the separation between the art that someone gives us, you know, and, and, you know, this beautiful music that they make and the person. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the episode that we did a couple times back with the, the notion of celebrity. But mm-hmm. I think that's for us to like continuously tease out because I feel like, I don't know, celebrity in this country feels like a value for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, and what's kind of heartening, especially with the conversations I've been seeing on social media is that a lot, there are a little bit more people questioning that now. Yeah, definitely. They're like, something is not, something's not clicking here in terms of our like collective obsession with these public figures and kind of like expecting them to operate a certain way or speak to certain things because if if they haven't they're by default they're showing themselves you know and like to me it's they're just reminders that like I just need to focus on what I can control like what I'm around because their life is not like mine it's not like a lot of our lives Mm -hmm. So no. of course they're going to have a certain perspective because they're, they've been so far removed from what they used to know. Yeah. So like, they can't speak for us. <laughs> yeah. So we just have to speak for ourselves. So real. And I, I don't know about you, Antoinette. I'm hopeful that this is the crumbling of white supremacy in our society. And I'm right. I'm right. even if it's not, even if it's not the complete demise of it, we're going to push it forward. And yeah. we're going to push it forward in ways that we haven't seen since the civil rights movement. And I, I'm committed to that. And I think 
you are too. You absolutely are too. And like part of that is us for us to push this beyond the civil rights movement, we need to talk about our values. And so this is our contribution. listening to how our values define us. It will take many, many individual and seemingly small intentional adjustments to shift our society, but we must keep at it. Be sure to like, share, and follow, and be blessed.